everybody, the city, everybody was so cooperative and helpful. I mean, the city had buses taking people out into the county to actually search specific areas. And then I would see on TV, like I never went out searching because I was afraid that what if she comes home and nobody's here? Jill Bierman, 19 years old, logged off her computer at 9.32 a.m., according to court records, and grabbed her bicycle for a ride, as she had done many times before. However, later that day, she failed to call in to work or to show up for her shift at noon. Later, she also missed a lunch date, which she had planned with her father and grandparents. She never returned home. This was Wednesday, May 31st, 2000. It was just the weirdest feeling. Um, this is Marilyn Bierman, Jill's mother. Eric, my ex-husband, called me and said, you know, Jill didn't show up for lunch at Lenny's. And then late, a little while later, he called again and he said, well, he had gone home and she wasn't there, but her, her bike was gone, her bike shoes were gone, Jill was gone, but all of her stuff was there, like her backpack, her purse, IDs and all that. That's really weird, you know, and then later on after I got home from work, it was getting dark and she wasn't home and, you know, we had already started calling friends and family and whoever we could think of. Um, Nobody seemed to have known where she was or hadn't seen her that day, hadn't heard from her that day. And so finally we called the police and um, an officer came out and took the report and agreed that something was wrong. And even though she was 19, which is an adult, when he got back to the station to file his report, he called and said he was gonna go ahead and post her as a missing person. Police jumped on the case, as well as volunteers, to search for Jill. During this time, police received many leads, some witnesses saying a white van had been seen where Jill would have been on her bike, but most were dead ends or discredited. However, on Friday, June 2nd of 2000, Jill's bike was found on a county road northwest of Bloomington. The report that led the police to the bike stated that a trailer home near the location of the bike had all of their blinds shut, which had been seen as out of character for the owner. This trailer was the home of John Myers. This led to an interview by police with Myers and his parents, where they discovered Myers had access to a white van through work and had recently broken up with his girlfriend. However, no promising leads were found immediately after the discovery of her bike. On June 3rd of 2000, police suspended the search for Jill Bierman. But when they suspended the search, it was basically because there were so many people and they were spending all their time coordinating all of these volunteers and they weren't really able to work on the case. But her family and even Indiana University, where Jill had just finished her freshman year of college, would not let that end the search. According to an Star report, quote, Bierman's parents, university officials, and others offered a $25,000 reward for any information. The reward is later raised to $50,000, end quote. Marilyn Bierman recalls the reward being even higher than that. It's, it's hard to say about the reward fund. I mean, there was a lot of discussion about that. How much should it be? What would make a difference? What would encourage someone that hasn't come forward to come forward and say, I, I might know something? Um, and then over time, it was increased. I can't remember what the grand total was in the end. I know it was over 100000 at one point. Um, it may have been more than that even. I don't remember. Over the next two months, the FBI joins the search and John Myers begins to become a person of interest 
but not an official suspect in Jill's disappearance. In an interview with police in August, John's brother Samuel brought up that his 12-gauge shotgun had gone missing. On November 10th of 2000, the Bierman story hits the Fox TV series Million Dollar Mysteries. I mean, every time we did anything like that, I felt like it was probably helpful or could be helpful at least. I didn't know if it would lead to anything or not. Um, but it could be helpful and so you do it. And it was always in conjunction with the investigators, like the investigators would kind of give us talking points, you know, like these are the things we need to know and so these are things that you might mention or, you know, there's certain things that would be good to say, like we need to bring Jill home or please help bring Jill home. The show prompted over 50 called and tips to the FBI. However, in 2002, the police received an unexpected confession from a woman named Wendy Owens. She confessed to herself and two of her friends hitting Jill Bierman on her bike with their truck, stabbing her, and throwing her into Salt Creek. Officials dammed the creek and searched for any evidence that would support this claim, but Owens later withdrew her confession. Later in March of 2002, Myers, who was in jail for unrelated circumstances, reported to an officer that he had found letters relating to the Bierman case on lunch trays he was washing. He then told police he wanted to help in the search for Jill. Records say, quote, Myers additionally compiled a list of places potentially providing clues to Bierman's location, end quote. Officials investigated these locations, but nothing was found. A year later, in March 2003, Jill's remains were found, three years after her disappearance and discrediting Wendy Owens' confession. All along, the FBI agent especially had said, you know, if we only had a crime scene, we would know so much more. And I never understood that until we had a crime scene. Suddenly, there are a lot more things you know. Um, the forensic anthropology team from University of Indianapolis, it's almost like an archaeological dig when they do their investigation and they catalog everything they find, they dig through the dirt. Um, and Jill had a lot to say. Her remains were found by a hunter in a Morgan County field. Beside the body were also shotgun shells determined to most likely be from a 12-gauge shotgun. Court records said, quote, the cause of Bierman's death was ruled to be a contact shotgun wound to the back of the head, scattered skull fragments, and the presence of lead pellets in the variety of places together with certain soil stains consistent with the body's decomposition, suggested that after being shot, Bierman's body had come to rest and had decomposed at the spot where it was found, end quote. A co-worker of John Myers reported to the police that Myers had mentioned he often hunted in the area where Jill was found. On March 13th of 2006, the Morgan County Grand Jury began an investigation in the case and found enough cause to charge Myers. In the next month, April 2006, Myers was arrested and indicted on a charge of murder by the Grand Jury. The trial began in October and lasted 16 days. The jury found Myers guilty and the judge sentenced Myers to 65 years in prison. It, I was glad that he was sentenced to 65 years. But I mean, it really doesn't solve anything other than at least we, we have some kind of justice. There's never really closure, at least in my mind. You know, people talk about, oh, the Bierman's need closure. Well, that would be a nice thing, but I don't think closure really happens. You just have to learn how to deal with it and 
whatever way you can. And having some justice at least helps. But that isn't where the story ends. Myers did not hesitate to begin appeal processes on the case. He went through many attempted appeals through Morgan County, the State of Appeals, and now through the Seventh Circuit. However, this last appeal was different. Myers filed a hebus corpus claiming his attorney, Patrick Baker, had failed him in trial. He stated that his defense team was careless and committed a number of errors such as not objecting to incorrect charges or facts during his trial. He claimed his counsel did not prepare a well-opening and closing statement for his case. U.S. District Court Judge James R. Sweeney of the Southern District of Indiana approved this appeal and vacated the murder conviction against Myers. In the ruling, Sweeney wrote that John Myers received ineffective counseling from attorney Baker at his trial. The decision meant that Myers could be released from custody unless the state decided to retry him within 120 days. Judge Sweeney then cited a disciplinary hearing to attorney Baker, and Baker admitted to failing him in court, saying he did in fact violate Myers' Sixth Amendment rights. Marilyn Bierman said this all came as a bit of a shock. I felt like Morgan County did everything they could to make it as fair of a trial as possible. And even last fall when this first came out that that, that Judge Sweeney had approved this appeal, um, that appeal had been filed for so long, I mean months, maybe almost a year, I don't know, I can't remember. It had been filed a long, long time and I'd almost forgotten about it because I hadn't heard anything. So it, that caught me a little off guard. Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill filed on January 8th for a 60-day extension to the 120 days that the state had to decide on a retry before the release of Myers. According to an IDS report, quote, approval of the 60-day extension would give Hill time to file an appeal against the September 30th order prolonging or preventing Myers' release or retrial, end quote. During the appeals process on April 7, 2020, Myers requested to be released from prison due to the fact that a medication he was on weakened his immune system, making him more susceptible to COVID-19. Myers was granted this request on May 9th and will be released from prison on June 15th after a two-week quarantine until the court makes a decision on his appeal. He will be released on house arrest on the agreement that he will have no contact with the Bierman family, electronic monitoring, and compliance with CDC guidelines and social distancing. At this point, I reached out to Judge Sweeney, however, I did not get past the woman who answered his office phone number. She wished to remain anonymous and to not be recorded. She explained that if no appeal of the order is made, then Myers would stay out of prison unless the state brings new charges against him. The decision of the appeal is set to come from court within six to two months. At the end of everything, Marilyn Bierman just hopes for a sense of justice. I mean, I've been noticing a lot of people bringing up the old stories about the three who hit her with the truck and then dumped her in the creek, and then maybe he didn't really do it, but maybe he moved her body and all that stuff. <sighs> people need to forget that part of the story because it was false. It was all false because I know a lot of people still think that's what happened, but it's not what happened. The thing that I really appreciated about Steve Sonega, the prosecutor, was he was also a really good teacher. And one of the things he did every day when he started was explain 
what circumstantial evidence is and why you might have that. And remind people that when a murder occurs, how many people are watching? And so unless somebody sees it happen, it's a circumstantial case. Well, if there's enough circumstantial evidence and it all points in the same direction, um, often plays into convictions. In the meantime, John Myers will be living on house arrest with his mother in Ellettsville, awaiting for the results of his appeal. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman.